Okay, I'm joined in the downtown den now by Alan Robson and Max Meadows from Project 4. Project 4, one of downtown and business partners. And uh, good day to you, lads. How are you? All good, all good. Keeping busy. Yeah, all good over here. Cheers, Frank. And, and obviously, you're in your Avenue HQ, which for those who don't know is right on the waterfront of Liverpool. So spectacular views. And um, I know that you guys, uh, unlike many people, have been keeping incredibly busy, and that's because of the nature of what your business does. For those who don't know, uh, just explain what Project 4 is. So um, Project 4 are um, health and safety professionals uh, focusing on the construction sector, and we provide support to clients such as Peel Developments, FI Real Estate, BMORE Developments, and um, we also support architects and contractors, providing support mainly focused on CDM and principal designer support on projects from anything from painting a small ward on a hospital right through to um, high rise new build developments. Uh, recently started work on one heritage tower in Manchester, which is going to be 55 stories high. Um, and we provide support on a retained basis and also on a, on a project by project basis throughout the UK. Majority of our work is northwest, but we are going further and further afield to cater the uh, and support the, the needs of our clients further and further afield. Yeah, you're, you're starting to become uh, a national company now, aren't you, with some of the contracts that you've got? And I know, uh, Max, you've been operating recently in. London and you're off to Portsmouth as well, you were telling me, or you've been to Portsmouth. That's it, yeah, so, I mean, we've been fairly lucky that we've kept busy throughout the past month, and, you know, I know we discussed it earlier, but the, more than ever, the focus on, on sites has been safety, um, and we have been working with clients and contractors to make sure that, you know, first of all, if you can operate safely, you know, we're here to support you, do that, basically, so... Um, I mean, we produced a series of videos with you guys to, you know, to enable that guidance. But we had to go down to Portsmouth yesterday, um, so it's a very long day, full drive there, full drive back, and it's all with the focus of this social distancing guidance. So the uh, construction leadership guidance is the current health and safety standard, which we're working to on the helping clients and, and contractors during this period with that. I think we're, we're seeing it at all different stages. We get involved in construction from, from very, very early on, from you know almost concept and feasibility stages through to, to construction and final handover. So, um, you know, the, anything that's pre-construction has, has, has been cracking on, really. The, you know, they've been progressing it. And in some areas, some elements of design have been sped up and reduced the programme. Um, but uh, we're under no illusions that there's going to be some really significant changes that are going to be need to be had in the coming months. Some of which we've already been applying for the last couple of weeks or months, so we've got a bit of a head start. Um, and it's really now just communicating that message out to the wider construction industry that you can come back, but you're going to have to embrace the change. Yeah. Don't come back under the illusion you're going to be cracking on as normal because that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I think now, as Max said before, is start planning if you're even if you're thinking of returning in three four five six weeks time you need to start making them changes now you know because you've got to get to the reality of that your programs will be extended you know shifts are going to have to be extended there's going to be investment needed to get back to site um but 
uh, all manageable and, and there's advice and guidance out there and ultimately we've had from the government to support the construction industry to, to enable us to carry on and get the economy moving so there is positives but we also need to embrace the reality of what needs to be done. I think uh, I mean one positive thing we've seen is how quickly the industry can adapt because we, we see a lot of knee-jerk reactions at the start, certain sites just shut up shop or certain sites you know, took stock and liaise with the supply chain to say, listen guys, we've got this guidance here, can we just test a few things out? And very quickly, we've seen as an industry of things you can and things you can't do. So now we're working with contractors and clients to maybe cherry pick certain elements of the projects to say, listen, we can do this. And it's very much at the forefront of forward planning. So it's, you know, loading areas out of a building and saying, right, you know, we can just put two guys here, two guys here. So the coordination element is key now, and that, that's been a real focus of ours over the past couple of weeks with, with clients and contractors. Yeah. And, the, and the positive for us, I mean, just to, just to finish on this, this question, this point is that there's definitely positives that will come out of this in that CDM and health and safety is quite often seen as that taboo subject that is quite often seen as an absolute pain in the arse to people. <laughs> but we are absolutely blown away by the, 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 the level of engagements and buy-in to the changes that have been made for our live sites, you know, right from the top to the bottom, and everyone actually on the same page. So, you know, we, we, we'd, have, we'd have bit your hand off to, to get this before COVID-19. So there's definitely the positives there in that, you know, people are embracing the change and buying into the change and are aware that they can't go about their day-to-day -day activities that they did previously. So we've got to take the positives on that. Yeah. I'll just go back three or four weeks when the lockdown initially occurred. And, you know, I was very conscious of the fact that some criticism was coming the construction industry's way. And I felt it was unfair and said so at the time. Um, because I thought that, you know, property was between a rock and a hard place in a sense. Um, you know, you have some huge, very important projects and initiatives. And let's take the Royal Hospital for one, uh, which is the Lango Rock site. And of course, has already been delayed because of all the issues that we know about. You've got then the added pressure of, you know, an awful lot of people employed in the sector are self-employed. And therefore, when the government announced the whole series of measures of help and support for workers, a lot of those guys fell through the cracks. And so they were then putting pressure on the contractors to continue to work. Uh, and so, you know, I thought it was timely, Max, when we actually got our heads together. We got that video done with yourselves and Crossfield. And the amount of positive feedback we've actually had um, from those series of videos was encouraging. But equally, I think there was then an understanding or the beginning of an understanding from the decision makers that the sector is a little bit unique in this respect, that we can crack on and do work, um, but equally very mindful, and the point that you referenced, Max, that you've got to be flexible in your approach and evolve that approach. That's it. That's it. I mean, there was a point where this lockdown kicked in, where contractors were in limbo, because you had, um, you know, government guidance saying lockdown, we didn't know whether, what a key worker was, you know, where the support was for the self-employed, as you said, because 
a lot of these guys have to come into work to put money on the table. But one of the key things we looked at with the contractors who we were working with is you've got to make the site that um, contractors want to come in. They don't want to come in because they have to, because they have to put the food on the table. It was, listen, we want to engage with our supply chain to say, the site's safe. You know, we've got all these measures in to protect you. We want you to come to site because you want to work. And that, that's been the approach across the board, really. But additional guidance has come out. So obviously, the, you know, at, at government level, they're asking a, a real back-end to construction to say, listen, guys, if you can do it safely, please crack on. But, I mean, we, there are certain things which you just can't do. But, I mean, the Langer Rogue site, obviously, there was that um, the image that went up on Twitter at the supposed welfare area, which was packed full of guys on site. It turned out it wasn't, but welfare area is the key. Those are the busy areas on site. Now, we're seeing really you can get about 25% of the people who normally can on site. So, if you've got a tight site, that means that you're staggering breaks or you're dropping your numbers or you're, you're buying up, you're, you're getting another welfare cabin on site. So, these are all the questions and, and the things that we're working through with sites to keep things moving, but keep them moving safely. So, yeah, that's, that's okay. But I think people were nervous. You know, we were nervous because you, you question yourself and say, well, are we doing the right thing? Is this right? Or should we just stop? Um, I mean, my experience from, from the recession, the last recession, sort of 07, 08, you know, just sends a, a shiver down the spine when you think of, you know, construction is usually the first to stop and last to start. Um, but after, you know, going through, you know, particularly Max and, and Tony from our side went through the, the process of producing these blocks, and actually came away confident that we could return to work and send people in and provide and you know uh, what gave us sort of the, the confidence to do that is the buy-in from, from Crossfield's supply chain to say yeah we want to work we want to work safely and we, we will listen to what you've got to say and we'll, we'll give you feedback so that was that was that was a learning point for us and it, it certainly gave us the confidence to provide that advice to our clients and actually further afield you know we're, we're speaking to competitors in some cases and and sharing that information. You know, we, we've seen, you know, particularly some of the clients we deal with, you know, Waits Construction, Gallifrey Tribe, Morgan Symbol, they're comparing notes, you know, and I think that's this, we talk about the, the in this together approach, and we, we've definitely seen that firsthand, and that, that gives us a lot of confidence. Um, and, you know, we, we share everything we do, even the bad stuff that we've learned, we share that across our clients and, and through our social media outlets just for the benefit of, of the construction industry. So it's been a while of a journey. Definitely. I mean, sharing notes has been huge for us, hasn't it? I mean, we set up calls with all those tier ones you mentioned and our supply chain and contractors and said, you know, have you seen this, guys? These are tested out. But what has been great to see from, you know, all the contractors we work with, the certain subcontractors who have said, listen guys, we can't work safely. They've said, well, just come to site for two of you, obviously, and just try something else. So there's loads of space, you can come down and do it. And then if your lads can look at it, you know, and do it safely, do it. So they give their actual, you know, the guys on the site, they've said, listen, try it out. If you feel safe and you want to continue to work, you can do so. If not, we'll give you another option. So the buy-in has literally been from director level straight down to your journey boots on the ground, which is the greatest area. I think on that wider economic point that you made, Alan, and thinking back to 2008, which was uh, an horrendous time for, for the industry, but right across 
um, sectors, to be fair, but property, you're right, and construction was, was particularly hit. I think what's different this time is cities like Liverpool, Birmingham, Leeds, you know, they are looking at regeneration as the way in which the economy can begin to bounce back. And therefore, those big projects that we're aware of in all of those cities, and there are some major developments that are looking to take place. Manchester goes without saying, they've got loads going on. Um, you can't go anywhere in Manchester without seeing cranes in the skyline. Uh, and therefore, you know, I would imagine that the government, both at national and regional level, are going to want to see those construction sites opened up and as efficient and effective as quickly as possible. You've talked about this a little earlier, Alan, but it is important, isn't it, that people are starting to think about and plan now. And I know that you guys are already helping companies who've got that view that sort of end of May, early June, we will be going back into work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, particularly with our retaining clients, um, you know, we've, we've had all matches that call for small to say, you know, we're, we're getting ready to be up in May. You know, and there's still some hurdles to overcome there, but um, the general vibe, the general feeling between our guys and our team that are still working is that, you know, things are coming back. Um, uh, you know, I think that is taking time back now to say, well, okay, you can't start Monday, but let's have a start looking at what, what we can do and putting systems in place. You know, taking the, the, the government's, these SOPs, the safe operating procedures, which are Vision 3, Vision 3, Vision 3. Um, and actually, we've been taking taking a lot of guidance from over in Ireland, which is which is far superior to what we've got over here, believe it or not. Um, so just sharing that information and actually being a bit proactive and, you know, Three four weeks ago, when we said, "Oh, we've said uh, see in a couple of weeks to our clients," is it's, it's it's flown by. Um, so I think you know, as we as we get into May, towards the end of May, I think we're, we're going to see a lot more activity. So yeah, I think the key message from us is don't leave it till last minute. You know, let's start planning it. Let's get the you know, because uh, as I've already tried to stress, um, it, it, there's, there's change changes. You won't be coming back as you were. You've got to embrace the change. So speak to us now, as opposed to leaving it till till the Friday before you want to start on Monday. Yeah, this is this is something that can take two to three weeks, depending on the size of the business. Because if you think if you've got you know X amount of contracts managers or site managers on the furlough scheme at the minute, you know you've got to get them back in and maybe have a you know, coordination session with us to brief them on the requirements. This is. This is how you've got to set up the job and engage with everything. And then the next step on top of that is their supply chain. You've got to do the whole thing with them and brief that up and put the whole system there, get them up to speed. And then your final step is once you get to site, the whole whole site, everyone who's delivering the job has got to be rebriefed on because it's a total new way of working. And you know, we're we're expecting this, you know, it's finger in the air at the minute, but we're planning this. We might have social distancing until December, we don't know. So, you know, we're, we're planning the projects and we're cherry-picking the logistics and, the, and just setting out schemes as if it could be going until December. So, you know, you need to be looking that far ahead now. It's just way ahead. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, even down to doing a trial run to start bringing some of the guys back. You know, let's not, we're not going to send everyone in on Monday and say we're all back to business. I think it's got to be phased. It's got to be done slowly. And I think it's, it's yeah, we, we, we've got to panic. And hopefully the people have learned some lessons from when we came into the lockdown because some businesses, I think, were, were well prepared. 
and had thought clearly about what the implications of a lockdown were going to be. But companies, and I'm surprised by some of them, you know, simply hadn't believed that it was going to happen. It was almost as if they would be sat at home, fingers in their ears, head buried in the sand, more out of hope than expectation. And those businesses, you know, are going to find it tougher uh, over the next few weeks. But equally, I think, as I say, if they've learned the lesson, then they will be preparing. And in your sector, what you guys are clearly saying is, look, come and have a chat. You know, at the end of the day, you've now got the experience of getting those sites back up and running. You know what the best practices are. You're looking not just in this country, but elsewhere as well. So they just need to pick the phone up and, and have a chat. That's the initial start, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely Frank. And I mean, further down the line, obviously, our focus, the, the emphasis is placed on contractors at the minute. And that, that generally can support clients and contractors. But I think further down the line, you know, designing buildings and, you know, how you install things that might have to change in the next few weeks. You know, you can't, you can no longer have two guys to install a piece of cladding on top of each other or on the side of a building. So we may look at, you know, installing that crane or, you know, mechanical means, you know, so we're working with architects as well and designers to the end to lay anything further down the line and, you know, maybe offer clients other scenarios of say, we can get this project done, but we're going to make some design changes here. So the whole industry has been flipped on its head and you almost have to have a plan B for every normal thing you were going to do of something that may take a bit longer, but you know you can do it. So it's definitely planning for all eventualities at the minute. Yeah, I think it's like you say, focus has been on contractors and that's where the, the risks lie. That's where the people are going to get injured. But um, we are retained by quite a few architects, uh, particularly across the Northwest. And we're now holding sort of, if not weekly, bi-weekly sessions with them guys to give them an update of what the SOPs are. Because quite often, some of the architects we deal with don't, don't go forward into construction. They'll do the feasibility, the planning, some detailed design, and then hand over to a contractor. So it's getting them guys to start thinking about what they can do to reduce the hazards on site, as we do day-to-day -day before COVID-19, but uh, with a focus on the social distancing. Um, and I think the, the, almost the second sort of side submission to, to this lockdown has been that we might get all the contractors back and they might not be able to get some materials. So I think we might see how we build change slightly, you know, to, to speed things up and make, you know, we may change sequence of works. Um, so th there's a whole host of things that we're looking at. We've been working on for the last couple of weeks or months that we've, um, we're gearing up always the resource pack for each of our clients. And, I'm happy to share that further field for any of the downtown members in between. Brilliant. I, I mean, there's some real complexities in terms of the work that you do, but it's good to hear that you're thinking well ahead uh, into the future, not just about the immediate problems. Uh, but of course, you know, like all businesses, you guys have had to adapt as well. And uh, talk about embracing change positively. I've been really enjoying the stuff that you've been putting out there on social media. And uh, you're still, uh, surprisingly, I, I have to say, you know, having a beer or two as a company um, <laughs> and, uh, and having a bit of fun with it, which you, you've got to do to get through this period, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I was quite sceptical about these virtual drinks that we introduced. <laughs> I think it might be a regular thing, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, it, we, I mean, we're fairly relaxed anyway, aren't we, as, yeah. as a business, so we just tried to... You know, because I'm not going to hide the fact we've had to furlough some guys. So the, the virtual drinks and, 
We did try the coffee morning last week, but we won't be doing it again because it was a little bit awkward. Uh, so yeah, we, we've you know we, it, it's been a good way of keeping our you know team members who are who are having but keeping them together, supporting them. Um, and yeah, it's just something to, to look forward to each week. And beyond beyond the team guys, you know, when you're talking about as we were earlier before we we started recording the uh, the conversation, um, Max, you you know, you're saying you, you're in Portsmouth, you've been down to London. I mean, it will, I think, change people's engagement and communication, won't it? Because you know, rather than going up and down and across the country, being able to do a Zoom call, not all the time, but on occasions, going to be much easier, isn't it? I mean, that has been, you know, somewhat the same grace. You know, we were all a bit sceptical at first of, you know, Zoom, Teams, all that sort of thing. So these meetings that, you know, you're trying to get dragged around the country, you know, they can be a quick hour on Zoom or Teams. And what we are finding is it's always a nightmare for us to get, you know, 12 contracts managers or site managers together because the answer would always be, we can't keep sites. We can't keep sites. But now we've got weekly Teams calls set up with, group contracts managers or site managers who are all up to speed with it and it's just a quick run through all the jobs, what we're doing, we do the follow-up and the amount of engagement we're seeing across the board with contractors is phenomenal. Yeah. So a lot of them are saying, listen, we'll just carry this on now. This is great for yeah. us. You know, it's dead quick, it's dead concise and we get to speak to everyone. So you know, the industry will change as a result of this. Even from the design stage of projects that we're still involved with, is, is you know, Galfa Tries, one of our biggest retailers, um, and they've already said that they will continue with the Zoom calls to you know, reduce the amount of meetings. You know, and, and we, we, we've always been our big advocates of not sitting in meetings that we don't need to sit in. You know, you have, a lot of the design teams we, you know, on the projects at the scale we're involved can be sort of four, five, six hours long. Um, so Zoom and Teams are certainly having to reduce that so everyone gets a slot, everyone's focused um, and yeah, I think we'll, we'll, it'll give us a lot more flexibility and, and, and reduce the amount of travel that we have to do as a, as a business and as an industry, I think. Yeah. Out of all challenges come positives and opportunities and I think um, you know that's going to be certainly one of them. Um, final point I'm, I'm going to finish on guys and it's uh, something that you know, we, we often, when we get together, we always bring up, uh, we always get the ball out at some stage in the conversation, don't we? Now, for those who don't know, Max is, uh, like myself, a, a big blue. Alan is a, a horrible red. Um, and uh, the football season was was petering out, really, for Everton. I don't think uh, we had any ambitions, perhaps a seventh-place finish, but, but I, I thought, for Max, for, for us, that might have been... A bit too far next year competing in the, the Europa League. I'm not sure that would have been great for us. But of course, Liverpool were, were on the verge of, of the first title in about 90 years, I think it is, Al. And you So, you anticipating um, a solution to finishing the season? Or do you think we might go down the Dutch route and just say null and void? Max, what are you hoping for? Well, hold on, I just answered the question. <laughs> I mean, we were all gearing up, Frank. You know the next game that was going to be played, it was a derby. So we were up for, you know, a nighttime game, a bare pit, under the lights, you know, really good horrible for them. And that was, you know, our highlight of the season that was coming up. So I'd hate to see that play behind closed doors. Yeah. But I'd like to see them finish the season. Mm. 
you know, I, I don't want to say go behind closed doors and just be training for kids because I think these boys will love that at the minute and they'll love it. There will be nowhere horrible to go for them. It'll just be like training. So I want to see it finished. Mm. It pains me to say. Not <laughs> <laughs> finished. Well, I'm going to say that one. Right? But the latest artwork we're hearing, and it is just sort of chit chat, isn't it? The, the, the gear ups are maybe some initial games behind closed doors and then. And then um, Maybe some proper games by the time we get to July or Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for, for the football industry as a whole, to be honest. I think, you know, on a serious note, there's going to be some a, a shake up really in terms of the approach there. Because if you look at the, the wage bills of some of these clubs in the Premier League, uh, and clearly, you know, what's been proven in the last um, few weeks is that they're all basically running on a shoestring outside of those. You know, clubs with with owners who've got very deep pockets. Unfortunately, now both Liverpool and Everton are in that position. You know, if you look at your Bournemouths and your Burnleys, that they are literally saying by August we could be out of business. And I think that the fact that the um, the television money is uh, is based on finishing the season, I think that says to me that the season somehow, some way, uh, will be finished. Uh, now, listen. Not for me to to ever say that I feel sorry for Liverpool supporters because they put us through so much in uh, over many years, derby games and all sorts of things. But I do have to say, you know, whichever club was going to win it this year, um, it's not the best circumstance, is it? Because, you know, if you look at Liverpool, um, you only have to look at Anfield when the games are being played. You know, it was almost a a fortnightly celebration because of the great football that was happening there and the fact that you were on the way to winning the title. And then, of course, you know, again, if you look a bit beyond the football and the economic impact that the game actually has on cities like Liverpool, Manchester and so on, uh, of course, that's costing, I think somebody was telling me it's about 30 million quid a game that costs the hospitality industry sector. And you know we then had the, um, the the homecoming and all that sort of thing would have would have happened as well. So you know football allegiances aside, um, I think Liverpool will go on to win it. I think it'll be played behind closed doors as you guys suggest. But it's uh, it's a bit of a shame um, that they've not been able to celebrate it in the way that we would have done ordinarily. Listen, lads, it's been great speaking to you as always, and um, it's good to see that you're busy. Good to see that uh, Alan's already thinking about an alternative career uh, in terms of when they make the next fucking Star Wars film. So, um, so <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day, lads, and we'll see you very soon. Okay, yeah. Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Thank you.